The Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, listener, to The Big Red Couch. Today, joining me on the couch, split as it were, between locations on either side of the earth, is... Craig. And myself, Ben. I'm currently in the uh, desolate wastes of Sunny Nook, which was, well... Auckland's had a bit of weather lately, and you know, we're still here, but we've remained intact somehow. Uh, you, you haven't been washed out to sea or anything like that? No, no, not quite, not quite. But Craig has got some new digs. How are you, how are you doing? Okay, I, I am actually in a place that I can stay in for some time, which makes quite a change from the last year. And it's a little weird to say that. I am in what amounts to a dormitory suburb of a dormitory town in England. Mm-hmm. In a development called Berryfield. Berryfields. Yeah, I heard the name. I thought, that is no no storied place of yore. That is some crappy development, isn't it? And having looked at the Google Street View, it's like somebody... It, it feels very different from New Zealand. We have a lot of single-story houses, relatively wide streets, because, you know, at the time we didn't know there was going to be five million people in the place, and... It has more of a more of a, a, a horizontal topography. It's pretty, you know. There's there's, a, there's some hills and so forth that goes around. But man, I don't know if it's the the fisheye perspective on those those the Google Street Map cars. It just seems weird to me. Well, the landscape is very flat, and I mean, from the look of it, it used to be a farm that got developed over because that's what happens. Yeah, the only businesses that I have seen around here thus far apart from the train station and the little cafe within the train station, have been offices for housing development companies. Hmm. Just sort of trying to extend their um, their hold on the landscape by making more developments. So some sort of self-reinforcing thing. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I think the closest shop, well, the closest shops I've been able to find are about a 15-minute walk away. Though it is nice to know that a fish and chip shop called the Codfather is a gag that exists in every culture. Well, every culture with fish and chips, pretty much. And Scorsese movies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good cross section. Yeah, I think what weirded me out was the fact that you know have lanes like not double lane streets, and then build three story buildings on the footpath. No gardens. Not even like a like a pretend garden, like they have in even townhouses and uh, around here. And then three stories of building. And very windy streets. At, on top of very windy streets. Like like you, like we, you just, we discussed earlier, it's like somebody that's really keen to attract the Victorian criminal set. They are an underserved demographic in housing. They're looking for prostitutes and corsets and winkle sellers and various shades of ripper. The Dickensian criminal set, uh, criminal set. Indeed. Come on, they're old money. Like, really old. Well, money. possibly not money, but there you go. Mm. But they did have the very the, the, the excellent names for the various um, classes of, the, of, of uh, criminal. Counting coves and all sorts of... Well, yeah, there's, I, I've seen some, some fantastic bits of argot around the, the little criminal professions from those things. Those are always fun. Different sorts of criminal one could be. Mm. You know, I'm not. I'm not sure how many of them are uh, 
uh, around here anymore. But yeah, they've they'd feel right right at home, particularly if a fog came in. Hmm. Nice. Because you know it's a sunny day out there. So right now, yeah, it's not actually that menacing. But if a, if a fog came in, that would be different. Yes. Yeah, so there's nobody actually going around lighting gas lamps or so forth. But if they did, no. <laughs> And sadly, the street lighting isn't, uh, you know, is, is of a much more modern variety. It's not even sort of faux gas lampy because it'd be quite fun. Right. Mm. Cool. Well, I'm glad to slot that into one of my various um, misapprehensions of, of English culture right up next to Coronation Street and the Clockwork Orange and that part of my brain that is still convinced that um, England was erased in the uh, nuclear fire in the 80s. Hmm. Television played a formative part in your uh, in your education. Yes, it did. It really did. <laughs> and I never saw Threads. Neither did I. But um, yes, I do do like the idea that uh, you know, Coronation Street is this sort of very complicated street that at one end has Follyfoot Farm, Emmerdale is somewhere along there, Port Merion where they shot the prisoner is probably off a lane off there. Couple of quarries. Yeah. Yes. So my um, mangled sense of geography aside, settling in? I think so, yeah. Awesome. Yes, it is nice to have a place that is at least somewhat my own. I I have a um, shocking four-minute train ride to work. Though, to be fair, with the train schedules, if you miss it, there's a chance it's going to be an hour and four minutes. Yep. The local train station is the end of the line in that there is a stopper. Right, if the if the train gets ambitious, dips to go any further, there'll be problems. Yes, the train line, the tracks themselves do actually continue beyond there, but there's a little sort of spur that ends up at the local station. Though I was intrigued to notice that the local station has a couple of electric car charging points. Yeah, very handy. Yeah, which I hadn't realised were as big a thing here. It makes sense. So yeah, that was that was an interesting thing to spot. I have no idea whether they were for one specific model of car or one specific company. I don't know whether there is actually a standard hammered out for that yet. I understand there is, but it depends on the availability of models. Mm. Right, so we we have an approximation of an episode. We do, indeed. And the idea was presented to us from Just Dave and the Thursday Gamers of Montreal. They've had a number of uh, suggestions and managed to get through the filter. So, well <laughs> done, guys. Uh, Indeed. We're, we're still working on this one. And this this particular one was scorpion dancing. I'm, I'm going to admit I did go and look up the rock band Scorpions. Why would you admit that? <laughs> the winds of change were blowing. <laughs> Um, it's probably too obscure for most... I, I don't get that one, even. <laughs> Fair enough. It was it was the one song of theirs anybody might have heard. Yeah. That, were they from West Germany? I think one of them was. Right. A couple of them were. Some of them were from Sweden. But they're still, still big in, in, in Germany today. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a notable contribution. I the, um... Stadium rock crowd needed a bit of variety. I mean, I still can't tell those hair metal bands apart, and people are sure I'm putting it on, but it might be a very specific psychological condition that I have. Inability to tell the difference between various hair metal bands. Yeah. That's disease. You might be able to get a therapy animal. <laughs> what sort of therapy animal would you get for the inability to tell hair metal bands apart? What What... Some sort of parrot, I guess, a cockatoo, maybe? I, I don't know. 
I mean, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking like a therapy cat or something. Eh. You know, to go up there and swat the correct band, or more likely not. Indeed, I mean, like a, a trained cockatoo or something could at least screech out the name of the band wherever the music was played, so you 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 could remain you could remain informed. I don't know if it'll be helpful in any way though. Yeah. And there is, I mean, there is the um, is it the the band Hatebeak that has a parrot that does the um, the lyrics. I mean, they, they sound like they're pretty informed on this thing. I've never heard of a band called Hatebeak. I'm pretty sure it's called Hatebeak. I'm, I, we'll, we'll drop it in the show notes, but I, I've seen a many a many a YouTube or Facebook clip with parrots and like bouncing up, and this is getting very very out of. <laughs> and I have seen a a parrot singing. Let the bodies hit the floor, um, but I don't know whether that was part of a band, whether that was just somebody's parrot, whether they normally do rehearsals in a kitchen. I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, not 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 certain on that one. I'll have to check. And since I'm on show notes for this week, uh, <laughs> you, you you bloody well have to. So that, that's why. Yes. I'm, okay, that's why I'm just spinning out random references to um, to make you troll the internet for ghastly ghastly trash. So. Uh, our lovely audience has been sticking with us so far, so we should probably come up with some idea, game ideas for the prompt scorpion dancing. <laughs> Indeed, uh, we did actually. Well, we we have some suggestions for the previous episode, but nothing for this one yet. To the to the best of my knowledge, mm-hmm. did you have an idea? I do, absolutely. You should go first. All right. As usual, I'll start with the the very circumnavigate part where I try and explain where the idea came from. Um, did you ever read the books by author Felicity Savage? Name rings a bell, but that's all. They were... There's a Humility Garden and Delta City. And they weren't science fiction, but they weren't fantasy. They were very weird. They could have been meant to be erotic. It was hard to tell. It... Yeesh. Well, it, it, it left. It was it was good at being alien, and mm-hmm. I could at this point I should reread them. I think it was Tonya who lent me the the books in question. It had the shots of like a winged sort of demonic looking figure just looking out over a like a salt plain and there a city in it in the distance. Salt was also a major part of it. I found them really interesting reads, very very absorbing reads. But unfortunately, something at this point, several years later, all I'm left with is this impression of well, that was weird. So it gave me a very sense of sort of an alien society in a very weird kind of setting. It also reminded me a lot of a Les Edwards piece of art for the oh, who did it the the story Man Plus. Who is that? Uh, Frederick Pohl. Yes, it was Frederick Pohl. Yes, where somebody is is adapted to live on the surface of Mars, and you know the people setting on that mission really didn't give him a lot of psychological preparation or possibly consent and consequently it's more of a body horror story than anything it's i think he gets he he starts to deal with the whole the the treatments and the the adaptions eventually but it's not a smooth ride really there was not enough counseling or or you know preparation or you know diagrams of what they were going to hack off um Mm. (laughs) evolved and and so forth and 
a lot of the images of scorpions and so forth that you get out of science fiction are you know, mechanical scorpions. Um, I, for some reason, thinking of the the deadly pink scorpion from um, pirated copies of Crow Team's Serious Sam. Not the latest one. They did millions of them. But if you if you pirated the copy, the game somehow figured it out and set a ferocious pink indestructible killer mechanized scorpion on your ass forever so the game was less enjoyable than it might have been hmm. okay so there's this 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 melange of alien weirdness and adapted bodies and scorpion shaped fuckery <laughs> rolling around inside my head the notion i came up with was the idea that in the setting uh, you're in a post-colonial interstellar setting where humans have arrived adapted to the gills of quite a small number and they have you know, quite vast technological resources they are capable of doing amazing things there are very few of them and they've basically subjugated the population the living on this place and whether they arrived separately or together they have immediately fallen out and the players playing each of these heads of... They're not quite factions, they're more like individuals with armies. And the idea would turn back these characters like vampire ant... I can't remember the technical term. It's either antediluvians or... Th- Antediluvian yeah. rings a bell. Yeah, Methuselahs or... Not the ones which, you know, who are just, just asleep under mountains. and, and But, you know, the extremely powerful, but they don't meet directly because... Well, they've been playing this game for a long time. And part of that was I was thinking, huh, okay, Scorpio is a constellation. I wonder if there's going to be... We're currently in somewhere between the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. No one is sure. Check that wiki page out. It's Pick your poison. There's really not a good guidance on which which age we've we've arrived in. Unfortunately, to get to the age of Scorpio, I think the the point where the vernal equinox is... We'd have to cross the galactic disc, so I think that's a little way off. So we got some time. Yeah, and I am not an astronomer. I think that I'm pretty confident that even rotating, like like rotating the planet, wouldn't actually get that. This there, that's going to be a lot of wobble before that actually occurs. And it's it's supposed to be a two thousand year cycle, but um, I, you're I get, not convinced. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be it's probably going to loop around the ones around the. Uh, the northern hemisphere typical typical northern hemisphere self-focused stuff yes i'm sure somebody can work that out but i was like i looked and went Ooh, no one agrees on how this shit works i'm not going to try <laughs> the musical theater lied to us again damn it yeah it's it, it's it, the age of aquarius is definitely the next one it's just that they're very shaky on how that breaks out there isn't a specific date no and some of them because you know it's a constellation it isn't like a particular point in the sky also these this shit moves on the time scales we're talking about so it's a bit iffy okay so the idea for the game is that strictly speaking it's a competitive game the players build these godlings these hyper adapted type a personalities who have presumably survived you know they've they've got extended lifespans and they are hardened to the, the 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 ecology of this planet and the locals had technology nothing like this when these folks turned up and said we're all this and a bag of chips they kind of had to go well yeah 
and do what they said because the consequences were immediate and painful. But it's been a really long time, and either a side effect of just it, the, this time span, or the you know the the antiagapics, or the uh, I won't I won't go immediately towards the you know transhumanism is bad, it makes you into a machine, ha ha ha, because that's eh, apparently it's one of the things that makes the uh, remake of Ghost in the Shell not work. Hmm. There's plenty of things that make them, the the remake of Ghost in the Shell not work, but this is just one of them because it yeah you know, it's a, it's a it's a facile argument. It's like oh, if you're you have a body part replaced with a mechanical prosthesis, are you less than human? Does wearing glasses make you less human? It's like yeah. What about a glass eye? Yeah. How 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 do you how do you judge those things? Obviously, it's 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 way too early to just start to be drawing conclusions about. It, that's for sure. Mm. Especially when you get to transplanted organs, because then. Yeah, are you still human, but are you less that particular human? Or do more organs mean more human? This sounds like an Invader Zim episode. <laughs> it is exactly an Invader Zim quote. So, yes, that would be why. <laughs> okay, so these folk, they have become distanced from their memories, the distance from their purpose. Maybe, and it, it, it's got a bit of a, it's got a, a smidge of the game Alpha Centauri, which was the colonization game shot into space rather than having warring civilizations which had ideologies they were warring ideologies that happened to have civilizations Ah, okay so their approaches are all a bit different and i would have and the idea would be to build your head scientist general person around a group of principles and have them have their body fitted out to be like this and one of the things i was thinking of was like you know you know be very convenient that to have something grafted into the, the the base of your spine so you could use it as a handy manipulator and or weapons and sensors mm. array very useful Free, freeze up the mm. hands and so forth that loop back to the the scorpion thing as well but rather than being a flat out we are politically machinating uh, creepy weirdos on a planet which didn't really deserve to have us turn up because where would something happens either the the landing site that where you know the nano machinery was flooded out and just to produce the um, the necessities of of those first years of life as a colony and basically scoured bare and there's no there's nothing supposed to be there or possibly the um, the backup memory cores which didn't accelerate us to see or quite as quickly have arrived and these people these these entities because it's little it's a little little bit harder to call them people they've moved on along they've certainly moved on a long way from the people they were start to get flashbacks and realize that you know they're related to the hated mechanical general who lives on the other hill who they've been warring against for many generations of these little i for some reason i envisage them as kind of squat dumpy locals who so basically this is the high-tech invasion of hobbiton a little bit, a little bit. High high gravity hobbits would be pretty pretty amusing. And an awesome name for a band. High gravity hobbits, yes. So yes, and the idea would be that attempting to recapture this this lost essence, they are also picking up a strong vibe of this whole the whole the, the whole Ozymandias poem, "Gaze upon my works, ye mighty in despair," kind of shit. Mm. And the idea that would be kind of a cool thing to build up these these sort of hyper-adapted, terrifying warlords, but when you're, as you're doing that, building into them reasons why they chose these paths, and then 
as they as they formed back towards this point where they were they originally came from or, or attempt to recapture these these lost artifacts that were part of their original mission they are beginning to pick up bits of their own humanity again i'm thinking is a bit of a loaded term but definitely parts of their greater awareness or parts of their original purpose for coming and the the idea of going like yes this warlord or this this science god person is heavily armored because of the betrayal that they felt when such and such rejected them but such and such is that person over there who's running their own science warlord colony and have that all roll back together so you build a crazy cracked out science fiction methuselah kind of combat arena and they have it fall back into this kind of oh this is what we were doing this was what we were actually trying to accomplish how did it go this how did it go this badly wrong okay so shades of you know i'm getting shades of siren with the whole yeah well because it strikes me that you could you could have an awful lot of fun with because you've effectively got people rediscovering their own pasts yes and very much becoming aware of their own horrifying mistakes so putting it in the situation where they're not the one who gets to decide who everything about their former selves Mm. strikes me as an interesting approach yeah no that's that's an awesome that's an awesome suggestion because yes siren uses it you know you you find stuff in your pockets and someone decides what this means and and so forth and you you learn you learn about your character so yeah that's that's a good way of it's a good way of getting other people involved in Mm -hmm. yeah everybody involved in everybody else's characters and since it kind of looks like this would be the game where you've got people discovering yeah discovering their own past self as it were who they were when they first got here yes in their past that they themselves have forgotten not just maybe for, forgotten, but it's become less and less relevant to them over time, to the point that they no longer think of it as being them. Mm. So yeah, that's sort of. So it's not 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 just that that's been erased from their memories. It's like, oh, now I, I remember why it means something to me. And that's kind of what the the idea of dancing with a scorpion kind of thing. This idea of something that is innately treacherous and the idea that they they've they've come this 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 culture has evolved because they found they couldn't trust one another and because of the stresses they are being put up put under just being plunged into this alien world mm. that does that was just yeah i like it i mean it strikes me as it's definitely a game with it's it's not going to be a long game i suspect mm. yeah unless you unless you wrung it out into a um it's it's not quite an apocalypse world because it, the, the the circumstances kind of require them to be enemies to a degree it doesn't work it would have to be a quite a deeply hacked version of apocalypse world i'm wondering whether burning wheel or burning empires i mean i don't don't claim to really understand how the game works but from everything people who do have said about it it does sound like this isn't yeah, this 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 isn't entirely out of its wheelhouse. Hmm. I did try watching some. This is how yeah some learn to play Burning Wheel, but unfortunately they started pretty much at the point at which they already assumed you knew and were explaining a bunch of stuff that I didn't understand in terms of things I didn't understand. 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think I had a bit of a handle on it at one point, but I'm pretty sure, having not played it, I think I've I've retained that information entirely. I mean, I did try to get into a Mouse Guard game at one point, because that, that uses a somewhat modified version of the Burning Wheel system, but I think either, I think the game got cancelled, hmm. or maybe it was a Gen Con thing, and there was more demand than there were seats, which is the usual thing. Were you ejected from the uh, convention with a bloody nose? Sorry. <laughs> that was that was the other thing that sprung to mind. The scorpion dancing was at the same time as a an unfortunate doctor was being bodily thrown out of uh, United Airlines flight. A scorpion fell on somebody on another one. Wow. Yep. It's it's just really feeling. Um, he wasn't badly injured or anything, but the same day apparently as David Dow was um, beaten up. A scorpion fell out of the overhead bin and stung him. Wow. So they're still having problem with overbooking, is, is <laughs> what I'm hearing. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes, it was a very super villain thing to do. I mean, has anyone yeah. checked whether the, the head steward has a panel with Release the Scorpions on it? Yeah, and if so, what made them make the decision to have security guard throw somebody off rather than just release the scorpions and let, uh, let nature take its course? Yeah. Indeed. Uh, sadly topical. Which it won't be by the time the episode comes out, but oh well. I don't know, I get the idea that this one's going to be kicking around for a while in the the annals of truly awful PR mismanagement. Oh yeah, it's been a week for that. Yep. You've seen the meme of the United, United Ways. Well, that was a PR disaster. Sean Spicer. Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. I've seen that one. Yep. I've actually stopped looking as to what they're referring to at this point. It wasn't quite... Holocaust? It was Holocaust references, wasn't it? Yes, okay, yep. Now I remember. It wasn't quite there, but it was very... <sighs> okay, yeah. so, yes, I don't know about the feasibility of it, but I like the notion... You could even retain the competitive aspects of the game, because I know that you know, vampire players and so forth, especially, you know, like, the idea of this whole machination kind of... I, I know some games specifically for, like... Uh, low generation, high political influence characters who, you know, don't aren't in the same room most of the time. They're just doing stuff, manipulating situations and so forth. And this would be a similar. It would be a bit more like a like a feudal Japan kind of thing, except with um, like semi mechanized folks instead of daimyos marshalling their troops. So you could make it continue to be competitive, or you know. PvP to some degree, but the idea would be the revelations are recognizing something as being a revelation, something that, that a piece of information about someone's path that's worthwhile using as a weapon is understanding the ramifications of why. Mm. So it's, a, it's a, definitely a two-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, it's very high concept. Yeah, sorry, it's my... No, it's, it's fine. It wasn't meant as a criticism, it's just a statement. Yeah, this is an extremely high concept. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just like, whee! <laughs> Strikes me as the sort of thing that would work reasonably well as a um, play-by-internet or or possibly a play-by-post game, weirdly enough. Hmm. Yeah, the slow kind of intrigue ones often, yeah, they can play a bit more in a more of a drawn-out fashion. It would be nice if, even if these entities are never for the entirety in the of the game in the same room, or possibly even on the same continent. Hmm. If they were just in still in constant communication 
that even though it's been thousands of years yeah there's still they still have this channel it's like they're not always using it but there's always the there's there's always the the awareness that they could and mm. that the, the idea that these people arrived together maybe the survivors of this this colonization team. the coli as a colonization team has gone actually pretty poorly because they've not so much adapted as just kind of retrofitted themselves to work in this environment and kind of messed the place up as they've done so. Mm. So maybe it was one of the, you know, for somebody who had a, had a look at the exoplanet for a telescope, yeah, that looks aces, you know, and then while they're heading in that direction, a gamma or a gamma ray burst or something kind of erased all of the useful uh, oxygen or something as it went past. It's like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, that was that was not as that was not a thing we hoped would happen. Yes, the, at very least, the idea of this carapace designed to survive in this harsh environment and this instinct to 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 strike has is is become as much of a um a liability as anything. Certainly, as far as the the hope of mending fences and possibly you know giving the uh, the heavy world hobbit population maybe more of a hand than they have been. Mm. Yeah, so I'm thinking, well, I mean, one of the other things it brings to mind is descriptions of the game, the Shabalhiri Roach. Yeah? Hmm, I've not read too much about that, though. The idea of um, demonic cockroaches in academia does appeal to me. Hmm. Well, because that one's a game of, of very much sort of, as I understand it, backstabbing and manoeuvring. Oh, yes. And was it the, the roach gives you amazing powers, but you can't win with the roach kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So you need to set up everything and then get rid of the damn thing. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't suggest it as a system. I know less than nothing about it. The concept is intriguing. Yeah. Sort of the vibe would be there. Hmm. So, yeah, I think finding yeah, finding a way to do things, I think finding stuff to do along the way would also be, would make it, at least for me, a more interesting game. That you've got this, yeah, much like the much like the better sort of vampire games that I have played in, they were only interesting to me when there was stuff that happened along the way. So that even with the, the politicking that everybody at the time seemed to be into, Hmm. um, they still actually had to get something done. Yes. So it wasn't just 24 seven conniving and backstabbing. Yeah. Backstabbery and who's got the GM's ear and this kind of thing. That's a, that's a, that's a layered problem but yeah actually hmm. the other thing that made me vaguely my vaguely inspired me was the uh, show into the badlands oh yeah well i saw somebody randomly suggest it as an alternative to the kaleidoscope of boringness that is uh, iron fist i haven't actually no that's the marvel is it? yeah yeah Mar- yeah it has massive problems but for uh, one of the major thing ones is that for a marsh a martial arts centered show the martial arts are pretty pretty average and certainly not shot in the some of the exciting and interesting ways they did with Daredevil and Luke Cage. Mm. And Into the Badlands was fantastic waifu. It, it's quite mental. Yeah. It's a lot of that. I'm not blown away from it, possibly because there are no moments of... Well, there might have been like in the first episode, but there are very few moments of levity or like normal conversations. Everyone is talking archly about serious stuff all of the time and not even game of thrones does that right this is iron fist or into the badlands or both 
Iron Fist has moments of levity that just don't land, and most of the characters have no charisma. No, no, tell us what you really think. <laughs> Into the Badlands, everyone is full bore, serious, portentous fuckery the entire time, and um, I'm not getting the whole, the full, the full thing from it. It's pretty good, but good, but could do better. A little bit more banter, a little bit more, you know, sort of personality. Everyone is, but yeah, it's just that everyone is turned up to. It's it's like there are no moments of normalcy at all. It's always everyone is full bore threatening or full bore, you know, righteous indignation. It's always like that. It's like it doesn't feel real. So it's a bit. Weird. It's not not a bad show. And like the idea of the barons, the idea that you know, the mm. the badlands are ruled over by these kick-ass martial artists who got there by killing the the previous kick-ass martial artist. That is kind of fun. Hmm. And allows for a society with um, promotion prospects. Yeah. The, the, my suggestion is a little less egalitarian, but yeah, the uh, it's, it's got it's got good possibilities for intrigue in that one. I guess that was the other appeal of the, the vampire um, dead man's boots thing. Mm. Yes, if you kill somebody, for some reason, you get their job. Oh, you know, or their superpowers. <laughs> and their superpowers. Just don't let anyone find out. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And weirdly, all of their influence. <laughs> yeah. uh, it depended on how you did it, but yes. <laughs> yes. It, despite it being like the ultimate crime and so forth, and not what we do, the, 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 the temptation seemed a bit strong for a lot of players. Yes, for a, for, for a sort of thing that we never do. Man, we did that a lot. <laughs> it's like, look... How big a blood pool? Mmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Cool. Okay. I don't know. I'm not certain it's a workable idea, but I like the feel. I I like the feel of it as well. I think it is a workable idea. It strikes me. Yeah. It's it's the sort of game you'd need buy-in from the players. Uh, you need extended time buy-in from the players yeah it is one of those ones that actually needs the the circumstance and the law and the ideas spelled out pretty clearly so it's quite a lot of work up front even if you are you are coming up with the like the the the, the circumstances and the, the, the characters whole cloth while you put the game together it does sound like you want a good framework um to build the the, the idea on so yeah 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 it's less of a and possibly a, a good supporting mechanic even if it's like just expressed by resources and sort of troops and so forth so you can show that ah this science warlord whatever has control of these resources and that's why they can do this thing but they need also the support of this one because they've got these resources and so forth yeah that would take it more into the realms of not quite a war game but Mm. That could be the other thing that you do. You link it in with a war, with an existing war game, or uh, not so much an existing war game. Something a, a very a sketched out kind of conflict of that nature. So nothing more complicated than say diplomacy. Ah, uh, the game of lost friendship. Yeah, it kind of. We are leading down a dark path there, but nothing nothing more complex than that. The dark path of diplomacy. Hmm. I like it. I, I I would I'd probably want to borrow unless the the game in question, the system in question had a sort of inbuilt setting creation thing. You could do worse than start borrowing the one from 
Dresden Files and just expand it out a bit. Mm. Just to give you an idea of this is this is how the bits you know, are there any are there any factors other than these guys? Hmm. Are there any are there any players, be them actual thinking actors, or you know, is it well the system is still kind of unstable, so every so often we have to deal with X factor. You know, nemesis swooshes through this sort of thing. Yeah, general environmental stuff. I am quite enamored of the idea of making the cause of the tragic events entirely responsibility of the of the protag- the protagonists as a group. Just hmm. to <laughs> just to make it extra, uh, extra their fault. Extra their fault. Yes. Hmm. So it's basically a bunch of people who have just merrily screwed up the place. Yep. Have to come to terms with that. And then do something about it. Yes. They, they may have to cry it out at some point. Come on, hug it out. <laughs> okay. We want to cover a suggestion for the previous topic, or do you want to roll into your idea? We could go with... There were some suggestions from the previous topic, so <laughs> we could go with that. These came in from Taz and Kitamono. I think we should go with Kitamono's one first, because of horribleness. We do generally do things in order of horribleness okay so i for rampant ai i had thrown out my old favorite colony ships and generation ships indeed and so kitamono brought up a show that i don't think ever appeared in new zealand called the star lost hmm no i had not i think someone had mentioned it in comments and so forth at one point but i hadn't chased it down but Thanks to the miracle of YouTube. Yeah, there, there are at least a few full episodes out there, and I am tempted to watch them just to see how awful it was. There's certainly some terrible moustaches in evidence. <laughs> but yes, it is essentially spacecraft with sealed off domes, each with their own monolithic culture. and A very silent running look to the uh, ship. Mm, and people basically getting out of their dome and going exploring in the ship for whatever reason it doesn't look good and there is the comment from kitamono of it is a series where walter koenig guest stars in an as an alien with no makeup or any indications that he wasn't anything other than human and there is a picture of well what essentially looks like walter koenig wearing a uniform made out of gold lame or that very festive bubble wrap stuff that you can get for um christmas presents or, you know, a heat shielding on a, um, a classic uh, satellite. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Kitamono did apparently run a game of this, as he puts it, using each episode's premise as written. And through the third, third game, the players were going, WTF, man. And I said, I didn't make any of this stuff up. One of them braved the first three episodes and said, you weren't kidding, it's that bad. Uh, he posted his promo for this, this game, which reads... You have lived your life in the village for as long as you can remember. You till the fields, raise the crops, and every harvest, a portion of your farm's yield goes to the great machine in the center of the land. In return, you receive other foodstuffs, fish, fowl, bamboo shoots, rice, and other crops. This happens every season. Your world is 50 miles wide and ends at a great crystal dome that arcs over, framing the sky. At night, the stars come out. Stars the eldest in your village do not remember seeing. However, today is different. The sons of the village's headman are now proud fathers of several strong baby boys. But now the village's population is too large to feed, since the oldest villages are still quite hale and healthy. 
the headman declares that a lot will be held. Those chosen will have to leave the village and enter the machine. You are one of those that were chosen, and on the day of reckoning, you will be exiled from your village into the machine. This adventure is based on the incredibly crappy TV series, The Star Lost. Nice. And I gotta say, somehow Walter Koenig, in that picture alone, looks younger than he did in the original series of Star Trek. Heavy makeup? I don't know, maybe it's the lighting. Or maybe the, it the, could be the lighting. Because the gold suit really brings out his eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just bringing out his cheekbones from the reflection. It's true. Okay, so that was one from... That was one from Kitamono. Yes, I am going to have to watch at least a few episodes of that show because, you know, I like bad television sometimes, if it's the right sort of bad television. I suspect it's not. I suspect it's the bad sort of bad television. <laughs> I managed about ten minutes of it and... The acting style was the, oh god, they're pointing a gun at me, school of acting. Right, so somebody just kidnapped a bunch of people and menaced them. (laughs) It really feels like that. I mean, this, yes, this is a show that Harlan Ellison created, but then enacted his contract clause saying they couldn't use his name, and so they used Cordwainer Bird instead. Nice. Yeah, so... That's a thing. Um, <laughs> Anything that Harlan Ellison has bailed out of at that at that speed is um, it's probably got issues. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Now Taz also had a suggestion. Did you want to read that one? Not really Taz's suggestion. Uh, referring to our terrible worst idea ever. I think that was awesome. <laughs> they were basing a game around shifting genres. D-Man. You're an agent that works for one of the great dimensional powers. God's by any other name. And you are gifted, and slash or cursed, with travelling from dimension to dimension to set things right. Or, at least make them right as your your D-entity, deity, sees fit. Of course, there are other agents out there working for, their, for other DPs, and they don't have the same ideas of universal harmony and control that you do. As mentioned in the show, the paradigm slash genre can shift easily. The game literally made for this is instant game created by Nerd Pride Radio, the group formerly known as Animal Ball. And there is a link. There is a link. IG has a wonderful set of tables for instantly creating a setting, and we can leverage that for creating various places in this space time that our agents can travel to, via whim of the DP, of course. It should be no surprise that the D-men are actually known in some realms for their broken morals and meddling. I mean, they're, just, they're just called demons there. Feel free to shamelessly borrow from the TV show Sliders or Tritax Weird Zone RPG. Yeah. Giving it a reason for why the... Uh, Genre savvy is strong with the PCs is good, and having somebody you know vaguely to hold over them probably not also mm. the worst idea. So, so some level of stopping them from setting themselves up as gods. Well, if they could, why wouldn't have someone done that already? Mm. Fair point. Of course, what's fun is if they do it and then discover that somebody did. They were just a wee bit subtle about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you both Taz and Kitamono, and I am vaguely wondering whether the set of tables could be used for a very weird time watch game yes mm. anyway and yes the star lost <laughs> cool i know i have run into stuff somewhat related to that there was a very strange bruce sterling story concerning fake generation ships hmm the fake part that they were going somewhere or pretty much yeah I'll see if I can find a link. It's it's an odd one. Like a lot of Bruce Sterling stuff, 
I often feel like I missed the point. Mm. Yeah. I could just be reading way more into it than is actually there, or I'm not sure. It, it does come from the era where it makes you think, man, was kind of the point sometimes. That is true. Okay, so scorpion dancing. Mm-hmm. Well, after a brief flirtation with the idea of can I wrap something around yeah, the band of the scorpions who had their heyday in around yeah, at, at around the time of the fall of the Berlin Wall. But are still going. I mean they have as a band been going for longer than I've been alive. So yeah. they're doing something right. There is some longevity there. They have adapted to this alien world very well. Okay, now I know how to make my dumb idea work. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Right. Um, okay, so Scorpion Dancing, what it put me in mind of was the story, yeah, the little folksy tale about the old woman carrying the scorpion across the river or the, the something carrying a scorpion across a river, etc. that has been getting a fair amount of mileage for various political reasons at the moment. <laughs> And that's all I'm going to say about that. Fair enough. And also Dresden Files. That, you know, part of the setting of the Dresden Files and certainly part of the Dresden Files game is the idea of getting power from, yeah, sponsored power from powerful supernatural entities. Hmm. And I'm hoping that we can do some sort of clever drop in for this next bit with with one of the monkeys took my jetpack bumpers because in their current game which is the well their current set of episodes is about their dresden files game which does have some of that going on one of the player characters has cut a deal with a very powerful supernatural entity and it's coyote so of course and and what are monkeys took my jetpack craig or should we let them tell us about it let's see what they have to say coming up on monkeys took my jetpack there is a dragon that apparently is kidnapping local royalty as beautiful as she is she's wearing baby teeth let him go let him Rocco gives you a concerned look. Oh, I don't know if we should be poking around in the prince's room. That's his private quarters. Dave, shut up. Shut up, sir. What? Not leaving Sir Rocco anywhere. He's coming with me. He's attacking you with his big sharp teeth. I know these words like the back of your hand. Woo! My jetpack at mtmjetpack.com. Okay, that should work. Uh, I don't know. We haven't done it yet, so hopefully it sounded good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, that was really informative. And yes, basically, they're in a, a very entertaining actual play podcast. I have enjoyed the hell out of their stuff for a number of years now. And well worth listening to. Excellent. So where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. Sponsored power, scorpion sticking on ladies, Dresden Files. Okay. Yeah. So you cut a deal for power with Coyote. You can expect a certain amount of trickery and fuckery to go on. That's nothing like cutting a promo with Monkeys Took My Jetpack. They are nice no, people. It's I'm not. Sure. No, indeed. <laughs> wow, we are blatant. And we're very bad at this promotion thing. but We really are. Maybe that's why Big Polyhedral isn't uh, returning our calls. 
So yes, there there are always strings attached. Yeah. The fewer strings you can see, the more there are. Pretty much. And so my thinking was, okay, what are the circumstances that would cause somebody to make a deal with a supernatural power that was a scorpion? Uh, scorpion. Survival sounds, you know. Yeah, survival. Yeah, yep. Yeah, survival, that sort of thing. That basically, you know, this is a supernatural power that you know is going to turn on you. Yeah. That there is no question of it that it's going to turn on you. And so the whole dance thing basically came into the maneuvering that's going on while you're using their power and they're using you to achieve their ends. At some point, it's going to turn on you. How do you stop that from happening? How do you get out from under it? I hadn't, hadn't quite come down on whether it should be a case of the players are in that circumstance, because then you're basically setting them up in a, hey, you're all doomed, try to get out of it. Or whether you drag the players into a circumstance where they are dealing with somebody who has made that deal. Hmm. And a lot of the machinations, and maybe even along the way, they, you know, maybe they did it for what could be considered to be a good reason. But now that's starting to turn. Hmm. Because when you pick up a scorpion, you know what you picked up. There are several clues, yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, the fact that it looks like a combination of, yeah, hey, let's combine crabs. Yeah, yeah. Crabs, snakes, spiders, wasps, and nightmares. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is what a scorpion is. <laughs> it's like so we have to we have to test this new creature's um, arachnid reflex. Uh, well, wait, well, let's just test it all at once, shall we? <laughs> mm, yeah, that'll be a time saver. This will be our test object. Ah! Wait, who let the test object out? Yes. Oh crap, <laughs> guys! I put the the pinchy stingy thing down. Now I can't <laughs> see it. <laughs> Did you not notice the legs? How could I miss the legs? <laughs> yeah. Did you know those things could climb? Why did we make them able to climb? <laughs> Why did we think that was a good idea? Uh, yep. So, yes. Awesome. The other scenario could be used in is if somebody in the party, as part of their background, and this could work in Dresden and, and other sort of cooperative games, is on borrowed time or felt that they were in so much trouble that they have signed up with the aspect of the scorpion and the rest, of the pl- the players know this. The, re- the the rest of the group have accepted this to some degree, or you know, learning about it is going to be hilarious. So it's mm. not. It doesn't come as a, a dickery move. It's like oh, this 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 person has useful abilities. The party, but we're going to have to deal with the problem down the line somehow. Mm. And Dresden sounds like sounds like a Dresden's file character. To be honest, you you you're right there. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the options you could go with is. You know, somebody, you know, somebody signs up to a deal that they know is eventually going to kill them or turn on them on the assumption that they will be dead long before that happens. Mm, yeah. And then that doesn't happen. Uh, or I think more poignantly, they think, I'm screwed. I have nothing much to live for. I'm going to max out all the spiritual credit cards at once and say, see you suckers. And then they find something to live for. Mm. <laughs> it's like ah balls. <laughs> well, I mean, I can bring in the uh, character of uh, was it Rockhound from Armageddon? Oh, this is a deep cut. Tell me more. 
Um, uh, the, 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 mo- the Bruce Willis Ben Affleck. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a Steve disaster Bush- movie. Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi. movie. Steve yep. Buscemi reference. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking from memory, he was working on the assumption that there was no way anybody was going to live through any of this. And so he went and borrowed $100,000 uh, at ridiculous rates from a loan shark, blew the lot in one night, and then inexplicably lived through the experience and now owes owes $100,000 to a leg breaker. (laughs) Which the character encapsulates the the, the entire thing, I think, yeah. Yeah. Poor (laughs) decision-making. It goes right along with the straddling the bomb. Okay, under the circumstances, I would have done that at least once just to get a selfie. I'm sorry, I would have done that. Yes. I would have got down on off it when somebody said, don't do that. <laughs> that's just me. Fair enough. Yeah, you could bring in some of that. The whole, I am going to get all this power. I am going to go out there and right the wrongs and die in the process. Okay, I've gone and inadvertently made the world a better place and I'm still here. And that's going to be a problem later on. Yeah, and people like me and I may have formed connections and suddenly being eaten by the Scorpion King or whatever the hell seems like not such a great outcome after all yes yeah or maybe it's you know maybe it's worse than that maybe it's a case of yeah when the scorpion turns on you it's not just a case of it kills you you get to become the scorpion it takes over everything that's around it's little younglings scuttle out Hmm. into all of these people you've built connections with and into this place that you've built up that's fucking sick i like it because having if you went with a, a a pure sort of gangland takeover story you've got somebody who has absolutely nothing left to lose makes this deal gets an enormous amount of supernatural power just absolutely goes to town on every other player and power in their village town city just depending on the circumstance you know basically just becomes the king of the roost it doesn't go to their head it's just basically a yeah this is a place where everybody plays nice Everybody plays by the rules, and you know, we all live happily ever after. And so you've got this wonderful, tranquil setting, except there's this timer ticking away. Right. And there's this dance going on, and sooner or later that dance ends with the rules suddenly change. Yeah. It is not that you die and it sucks. It's you die and it takes down everything. And and all the good you did is tainted you know yeah and you, you thought oh the consequences are going to be on me that's okay i don't care that it's fine i'm going to do all these other things and make it worthwhile oh wait a minute yeah yeah you, you expected to take out most of the bad guys but you expected to die in the process so that long-term consequence never really mattered Hmm. Only it turns out that the scorpion is a little bit more devious than that, actually. That it has danced this dance before. Nice. No, I like it. Yeah. It's, it's less of a game slash setting, but it would be a central, a massive tentpole for your story. For have to have a character, I, I think it's to, to make it get the, the best experience out of it, I would definitely give this affliction, or at least you have this affliction being taken on by one of the PCs. Mm. There's like this, this selfless type who thinks, okay, this is the best thing I can do. This is the the, the way I can redeem myself or make the, the the most positive impact on my world. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Mm. Nice. 
I should do a shout out to the Lois McMaster Bujold book Curse of Chalian for this one because there mm-hmm. is a character in there who almost finds himself in the same situation now that I think of it tries to do a self-sacrificing thing it doesn't go entirely according to plan and realizes that he may have made things oh so very much worse <laughs> yeah i always like the magic because it does shit like that it tends to be hilarious mm. so that was yes that was my idea um nice the the only other one was when i was trying to come up with the scorpion dancing thing and i got thinking of of deadheads the the folks following the grateful dead around for years yeah and couldn't really come up with something that actually worked as a game for the band Scorpions. Until you mentioned them, yes, they have blended seamlessly. <laughs> Clearly what you have is an alien rock band. Yeah. And the horde of uh, groupies and followers who are basically traveling around the world and have been doing so for, must be coming on 50 years at this point, presumably solving mysteries and defeating bad guys with the aid of their alien powers and their adoring groupies. That's like a heroic, well, a more conventionally heroic version of Gua. Yes. And possibly a bit more subtle about it. Oh, yeah. Odorous Urungus is not subtle. Yes. Though their cover of uh, Carry On My Wayward Son was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. We did get kind of close to supernatural territory through this entire podcast, but I think we can keep ourselves away from that particular black hole. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, it would be a combination of Scooby-Doo, the Mighty Ducks cartoon, which included one of my favorite lines ever with their agent talking in the background and saying, listen, if you can find somebody else who can get your breakfast cereal endorsed by six alien crime-fighting, hockey-playing ducks. You call them. I clearly know very little about the extended Mighty Ducks canon, because, wow. That pretty much explained it. Right, Just okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was it. They are alien ducks, humaniform, anthropomorphic ducks, who play hockey. Unlike are a the, hockey team. the live-action uh, TV show, which are a bunch of nominally human children. Normal disgusting human worm babies, as they say. Yes. P.S. Invader Zim's coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Why, God, why? Because we need him. (laughs) Okay, so he's finished making mindless self-indulgence music videos, and... Yeah, that was a while ago, but... (laughs) Yeah, it was a good video. All right, so yes, I I would combine those aspects of it, and maybe a little bit... You can get a little bit of... Buckaroo Banzai and the, the Hong Kong Cavaliers uh, in there as well. And just a touch of Spinal Tap, because, you know, Spinal Tap touches everything in that kind of cultural quadrant. Yes. In that case, yeah, the other way you could go with it is if you didn't want to go with the, the, the aliens blending in and trying to make the world a better place, you, you could instead go with Spinal Tap meets Spies Like Us or the... Uh, or, or Maxwell Smart, and that you've got a band recruited to do undercover intelligence work, only they're a bit crap. Right. But no one suspects them, because they they are rock and rollers. Indeed. Yes, so they do incredibly weird stuff, rooms get trashed, possibly with high explosives, and it's sort of a, oh man, that was an awesome party. <sighs> Musician. <laughs> 
I mean, somebody would have to be defeated by having a TV thrown at them uh, <laughs> out of a window, which gets increasingly difficult with flat screen technology. So I'm assuming it's a, like a discus throw and a decapitation. Yes. Because you're not going to crush anybody with a flat screen. Yeah, but they are kind of more pointy. <laughs> that is true. So you get somebody cut in half with a flat screen dropped from a great height. Or just squashed flat. I mean, if the thing, if you've got one of the really big, like, wall-sized ones. Yeah. Yeah, the 300-inch um, inch flat screen that had to be brought over on a special tugboat from Japan causes heavy radiation damage during the startup phase. <laughs> All right, so those, those are my dumb ideas. I mean, the band one, I'm not sure what you'd use for a system, though I know there are... There are. It almost wouldn't matter. Mm. I mean, part of part of the idea is just the gag of. You know, we are crime fighting musicians. Hmm. It could be obnoxious to make it a little bit like Night Witches. So you've got like a performance cycle and a espionage cycle, and the damage you do to yourself during one makes the uh, the continuing the other more difficult. Ooh. I mean, that could work, because then you've got somebody who's inexplicably playing their bass left-handed because they broke a couple of um, fingers. <laughs> or they've had to swap instruments. Yes, the singer's lost his, uh, lost his voice from being um, uh, almost choked out by one of the bad guys, and so they're having to do something tricky with an MP3 player <laughs> and some hidden cabling. Hmm. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. And possibly a sound a soundboard with various sort of are we having fun and hello Helsinki noises that they've just taped from the previous concert because it's all basically the same. <laughs> they were just sort of operating the soundboard with one toe and miming along. This thing writes itself, <laughs> and is demonstrably not the worst idea we've ever had because that was last episode. Indeed, we have yet to top that one. <sighs> that was an awesome one. We should be workshopping that. Why aren't we workshopping that then? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it needs to remain its pristine state of conceptual awfulness rather than being bogged down in actual awfulness. Ah, this is not a pipe, but this is not a role-playing game. Yes, indeed. We do surreal ro- No, that's not quite it. Absurdist, maybe. Yes, absurdist role-playing. Okay. And speaking of absurdist role-playing, that was our episode. Indeed. Thank you, listener, for... Listening along for episode 90 of The Big Red Couch. Yeah. And, yeah. 90 episodes. Did you think we would make it to 90 episodes? I did not. Hmm. I was genuinely amazed that we made it to 10. (laughs) 50 came as a surprise. Now it's just kind of become bewildering and somehow unstoppable. An unstoppable force of bad ideas and... Actually, no, it was just an unstoppable force of bad ideas. <laughs> yeah. Bad ideas and worse jokes. Yeah. We're going to have to work on some bumpers of our own, clearly. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, tune in to our, our next exciting episode where the prompt is... Have you heard of our Lord and Saviour, Craig Buchanan? I'm very conflicted about this. Yeah, I think we're going to need some help. If we want to put this one up early, because... Um... Yeah. 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 So until next time, farewell. Good night, listener. See you next time. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? 
Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.